Amen. I want to talk about uh, a theme that I believe the Lord is speaking to us for this year is to seize the moment. Seize the moment that we're in. Amen. And as I've been talking to some of the leaders as we've been meeting at night uh, this past week and last week also, me and Mike, and be meeting more this week and next week. We're also meeting some pastors and other people starting this week in Bloomington uh, that we need to take new ground. <clears throat> we need to be taking new ground and seizing our inheritance. So I believe seize the moment is what we need to be doing here and taking new ground and seizing our inheritance. How many believe that this morning? How many know the church today is at a pivotal point and a pivotal time in history? It really is. Our country is in a pivotal time in history. Over the past few years, there have been unprecedented global challenges. Come on, somebody. Global challenges that has affected every single sector of our society. Every single sector. And our role as a church and as leaders in this country, I believe that we need to be leaders in this country and leaders of our family and leaders in the church. And our role as a church and as leaders is to discern the times. Discern the times and seasons in which we live. We need to discern those in which we live and position ourselves and the church with an offensive posture. We need to position ourselves with an offensive posture in order to break through our challenges and fulfill our purpose. I don't think that we have been in an offensive posture. We have been in a defensive posture, not in the offensive posture, to break through into new ground and to seize the moment that we're in. We have been called. We have been called to advance the kingdom. We have been called to advance the kingdom and not retreat. We need to advance the kingdom and not set back and retreat. It is our time. Everybody say, it's my time. It's our time. It's our time to take new ground and seize our inheritance. First Chronicles 12, verse 32, the first part of it. Men of Ishakar, who understand the times and knew what Israel should do. The men of Issachar, the leaders, the church, knew what they should do. 
They seized the moment. They knew. They understood the times. Do we understand the times that we're living in? Understand the times. In Luke 12, verse 56, it says, Hypocrites, you discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it you do not discern this time? Father, we thank you this morning. We ask your blessings on this word. Father God, that we would seize the moment, take new ground, take our inheritance that belongs to us. That you would help us discern the times. And that, Father God, as we minister this word, that your people would grasp hold of it and move forward in what you have for them. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. How many know we have global tension? As the global tensions are affecting the whole world today. If you're not, you're living in a cocoon. You know that there's global tensions affecting the world today. There's been overthrow of governments, Egypt, Libya, etc. Countries around the world are being overthrown, riots, international tensions, Israel, Iran, North Korea, Afghanistan, we go on and on and on. There's tensions in this country, in this world. There's catastrophes. Floods, hurricanes, tornadoes, typhoons, earthquakes, school shootings, massacres. There's global tension in this world today. Economic uncertainties, debt crisis, USA and around the world. We hear words, new words, physical cliff, this cliff, that cliff. We're in, we're in a downslide. We have no money. We have nothing. Everybody, come on. All these things have a huge effect on our mindset. You sit at home, you watch Fox, CBS, NBC, whatever you watch, I don't know. Whatever you read, I don't know. Your mind is being affected. Oh, my God. What am I going to do? What are my grandkids going to do? What am I just going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? How am I going to retire? What am I not going to retire? I can't get a job. Well, I can't get a gun. I can't buy a gun. I don't know where to go. I don't know where to send my to school. I don't know if I should go to movies. I don't know if I should. Come on. I don't know if I should get on a plane. I can't even take a cruise. I don't even know what I should do because don't. But... I got people who go on vacation. They sit home all day and watch news. Come on. Here. 
And how many know the church is not immune? The church is not immune to these calamities. It's not immune to what is happening around the world, in this country, in your own city, and in your own family. There's economic challenges in the church from a recession, from a physical cliff, from whatever you call it. Churches are closing down. Come on. Families are losing homes. Losing jobs. There's a decline in morals and values. There's an increase in anti-Christian sentiment. A total increase in anti-Christian sentiment. People are working harder, come on, to make ends meet. And they're more tired, exhausted. I've had a bad day. You don't know what it's like. I'm trying to go through it. Pastors and leaders are discouraged, come on, saints, with little strategy to fix their church condition. But saints, I love but. But let me tell you, but saints, God's word to us for 2013 is our year to seize the moment. It's our year to take new ground. This is our time to move into an offensive posture and advance the kingdom of God in our cities, in our communities. It is our time. This is God's will this morning. And it is our time to cross over and believe for new ground in 2013. It's time to advance the kingdom, advance your own household, advance the church. And you know what, saints? If we're going to seize the moment and take new ground, there are some important components. How many know there's components that we need to possess and we need to practice? There are some things that we need to do and we need to practice. And there are some keys that we could learn from the book of Joshua and the life of Joshua. Because Joshua was a leader with an offensive city-taking posture. He was always on the offense. Offense from city taking posture. He followed a kingdom process throughout his ministry. Throughout his ministry. And this process allowed him the ability to take new ground in the most adverse circumstances. 
In the most adverse circumstances, he took new ground. And there was three behaviors that we see repeated in Joshua's life. I like when uh, Becky sang, she said one of them. Number one is seek, believe, number two, and obey. Seek, believe, and obey. In the book of Joshua, chapters 5 and 6, is the story of Joshua, and I, I believe a lot of us know it, who's leading the people in taking the city of Jericho. Now, this historical account is very critical. It's critical to God's people in obtaining their inheritance. How many want to obtain their inheritance? It's very critical. God had promised the Israelites. He had promised them their inheritance. And he had promised it for hundreds of years. For hundreds of years, he told them, the land is yours. I promise it to you, you're going to have it. For hundreds of years, they did this. But now it was time. It was time to act upon the promise. It is time to act upon the promises that God has given you. You see, something had to happen to the people of Israel. That'll be a change in their behavior. That'll be a change in their behavior. That's what had to be done. Change in mindset and behavior. Because they had lived a life for 40 years. For 40 years, they lived a, lived a life in the wilderness with a passive attitude. They lived there with a passive attitude, a defensive posture. Passive and defensive posture. But it was now their time to take new ground. It was now their time to move into what God has for them. Their inheritance. The promised land was theirs. They just had to go take it. They just had to go take it. And you know what? That meant that something was going to happen to their life. Their life was going to change. See, when you move into what God has called you to and what he wants you to do, your life's going to change. Can't be the same. Usual, usual. You change. Your life changes. They have to think differently. Don't they? They have to believe differently. And they have to act differently. Believe differently. 
think differently, and act differently. Nothing would be the same. It's going to change. Now, once across the river, the first city to conquer, to conquer would be Jericho, once they crossed that river. The city was shut in, locked tight. You couldn't penetrate it. You couldn't get through it at all. The walls were 30 feet high. They were wide enough for six chariots side by side to ride around. That's how big, that's how thick the walls were. The compound was almost 15 acres big. That was a big compound. And the Israelites, you all know the story, they marched daily around the walls with their army, with the priests, with the ark, and marched around for six days. They were silent. They didn't speak. I mean, that's hard for a million people or some more not to talk. They didn't speak for six days. They didn't say a word. Not a word. They obeyed God without even saying a word, all those millions of people. Walking around, no weapons. You know what? Just God. Just God. Walking around for six days with just God. That's amazing. Sometimes we just need God. We come up with all kinds of things and, and we just need God. Just God. Then on the seventh day, they marched seven times around the wall. And then on the seventh time, they blew the trumpets and they shouted. They let it all out and the wall fell flat and they rushed the city. They destroyed everything in the city and they gave all their possessions to the Lord. One of the greatest miracles in the Bible. Now, saints, Joshua followed three key behaviors. Seek, believe, and obey. Everybody say it. Seek, believe, obey. That's what he, that's what he did. I want to consider them today. I want to consider those three behaviors. Number one, seek God. See, the first thing we could learn from Joshua, is that he was a God-seeker. He was a God-seeker. You see, seeking God was not some religious duty or part of his profession. That wasn't just his duty. He wanted something. He wanted a deep relationship with God. 
Exodus 33:11. It says this. Well, it says this. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And they were returning to the camp. Now he's in the, he, he's he's seeking God in the temple. And you know who's with him? Joshua. Seeking God. But his servant Joshua the son of Nun, a young man, he did what? Come on, he did not. He did not depart from the tabernacle. He stayed and he sought God. He was a God seeker. He was there seeking the Lord. Joshua stayed. He prayed. need you. I need you. I will find myself with you. And he was a God seeker. Fourteen times in the book of Acts, in the book of Joshua, sorry, it states, the Lord said to Joshua. He spoke to him. The Lord said to Joshua. Joshua knew God. He knew God. He heard his voice. He knew his will. He knew that he was called to take new ground and advance God's people. But yet, he needed God's direction. I know I'm supposed to do this. I know what you have for me, Lord. I know, fathers, what you have for my family. Come on. But I need a direction. I know what you want for my family, but I need a direction. I know leaders, you know what you want, what God wants for church, but we need a direction. We need to seek God. Joshua 5, 13 to 15. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and look, and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? Are you for, for me or for the guys that are against me? So he said, No. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. He was seeking God. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? What should I do? What do you want me to do? And Joshua did as he was told. And you know what? And Joshua did so. He did what he was told. Look at Joshua 6.2. It says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hands. I've given you its king and the mighty men of valor. And as Joshua approached the city, he knew that he needed a God word. 
You see, he was a God seeker. And Joshua understood the magnitude of the situation. Do we understand the magnitude of our situations? He understood his role. Men, do we understand our role? Church, do we understand our role? Leaders, do we understand our role? Hello? He understood his role and the consequences of not seeking God. You see, he wasn't your professional commander. He wasn't some professional commander just doing his duty. He was a leader. Come on. He was a leader. Are you a leader? He was a leader in desperate times. Who needed a God word? His life and the lives of millions depended upon getting God's leading. Your family, your church depends on God's leading. He knew he wasn't smart enough. We ain't smart enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. He knew he wasn't smart enough or strong enough to move the people of God. He knew he wasn't strong enough or smart enough to move those people forward or defeat the enemy that was in front of him. He knew it. Saints, if we're going to cross over and take new ground and seize the moment, we must seek God. The definition of seek, I looked up the definition of seek. In search of to look for, to discover something that you need or want. That's what seeking is, to discover that thing that we need or want. A seeker of God is one who passionately and consistently is pursuing his presence, his will, and to recognize him as the sole source of everything they need or desire. So what questions should we ask ourselves for 2013? What are some of the questions that we need to ask ourselves for 2013? Well, I put some down. How's my seeking barometer? How is my seeking barometer? Is it up or is it down today? Is it up all the time? Is it down all the time? How's my seeking barometer? Not by the news. By, by what you say, God. How's my seeking barometer? What does my prayer life really look like? What is God saying to me? Next week, I'm talking about prayer from Acts chapter 4, <clears throat> where they were shaken. As we start the new year, me and Mike will be, me and Pastor Mike will be ministering some words on the church and being shaken. We need to be shaken.
Am I really hearing his voice? That's another question you should ask. Am I really getting his direction? Or am I getting direction from the newspaper? Or am I really getting direction from what I see on TV? Am I really getting it from the televangelist? I thank the Lord for them, but, am I, but we need to get it from God. Leaders, leaders, am I content with where I am with my ministry? Am I content with where I am in my ministry? Or do I know we need to go further? Do I know I need a change? Or am I just content? And if not, do I know the changes that I need to make in 2013. Not what pastor says, I need to change. But what God says, I need to change. And you know what? You do know what you need to change. You just want somebody to tell you. Who really needs to tell you is God. Hello, somebody needs to say amen. It's time to seek him. It's time to seek him and to find out what God is saying to us, our ministries, and our church. It's time. Saints, it's not a church as usual season. It's just not. Not a life as usual. We are crossing over. We've talked about it this past Thursday. We are crossing over. You were there too, Kate. We are, I mean, we are crossing over and taking new ground. We are moving into uncharted territory where a lot have never been. The land on the other side of the Jordan is different. It's totally different on the other side. It's going to be different. Saints, there are cities to take, souls to win, and darkness to defeat. We need to seize the moment. Give the Lord praise this morning. The second behavior is to then have faith in what God is asking you to do. Believe for the impossible. Because if it's God, it will be beyond our ability to accomplish it on our own. You see, God only does big things. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. He only does big things. Joshua 6, verse 6 and 7. Now, in verse 2 and 5, uh, were details of the attack. It said, advance, move, go. But Joshua 6, then Joshua, the son of Nun, 
called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant, let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, Proceed, advance, march around the city, and let him who is armed advance before the Ark of the Lord. Advance, move, and go. Hebrews 11.30 says, By faith. The walls, come on, of Jericho fell. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the people marched around them for seven days. The impossible was done. By faith, Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who was able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Saints, Joshua had to have faith to move the people of Israel. You see, they all agreed. Imagine all of them agreeing. Imagine getting a few million people to agree on anything getting a few hundred people to agree on anything, getting your family of four or five to agree on anything. They had a million, over a million, so be agree. They agreed. So we need to come by faith in a agreement. You see, they were ready to go and we're willing to leave the familiar for the unfamiliar. Are we willing to leave the familiar for the unfamiliar? For not church as usual as it used to be. They packed. Imagine all those people packing. They got ready to go. And they were willing to leave. They crossed. They went through the river that would split right before their eyes. Hmm. And they marched. They marched seven days with no weapons, only a shout. As saints, they believed. They believed, and God met them at their level of faith. So saints, as a people, what are you believing for in 2013? What are you believing for? How big is your faith this morning? Are your plans the same as last year's? you have the same plans as last year? Or do we have plans to advance and go? Because if you're not being stretched, it's probably too small. Come on, saints. <laughs> Faith for the impossible is needed to accomplish God's plan for us. 
See, Joshua knew that the walls were impassable. He knew that. How many know that it's going to be tough out there this year? There's going to be some challenges this year. He knew they were repaired. The city was shut in. But you know what? He believed for a victory. And we need to believe for a victory. Joshua had no swords. He didn't have a sword. He didn't have a tank. He had no bazookas. Well, I'd say he had nothing. He just had faith. He had faith in God. It was supernatural, not natural. Because God gets the glory. And we need God to get the glory. Amen? Loved ones, our greatest danger is our own talents and abilities. It's our greatest danger. I can do that. <laughs> no problem. I can do it. I know what it is to go through tough times. It's the greatest danger. Because it's not as usual. It's not the usual thing anymore. See, relying on our skills and abilities a lot of times leads to weariness. We need the supernatural power of God. It's not by might nor by power, but it is by my spirit, says the Lord. No walls are too big for God. The economy can't stop you. Your unlimited budget can't stop you. You need to believe for supernatural provision. Come on. God's our supplier, God. Supernatural provision. Come on, saints. Believe for a fresh anointing and a fresh start to take the new ground. Believe for miracles. Believe for healings. Believe for conversions. Amen. Somebody say amen this morning. We need to believe for the impossible. And number three, obey his leading. First seek, second believe, third obey. Obey what God tells you to do. Joshua was given direct, detailed instructions. There was no room for error or his own interpretation or the interpretation of somebody else. It was what God said and how he wants it done. I'm not going to read into it. Verse 10. Now Joshua had commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor 
shall a word proceed out of your mouth. Don't do anything. I don't want you to do anything until the day I say to you, shout. You're not to do anything until I tell you to shout. <clears throat> then you're going to shout. Joshua heard and obeyed. You see, the very word here, you hear, very word here means to understand and obey. In the Vine's definition of here, it means being slow to understand and obey. Put the words into your ears, take it to your mind, and carry it through into your actions. That's what it means. So hearing is synonymous with obedience. You take it, you hear it, you absorb it, and you use it. You obey. That's what it means. Luke eleven twenty eight. But he said, more than that, blessed are those who... And do what? Hear the word of God and keep it. God is looking for people and leaders who will obey. That's what he's looking for. People and leaders who will pray the daring prayers. Believe the impossible and respond to his leading. We need to do some daring prayers. Some daring prayers. So what question should we be asking ourselves in 2013? What other questions we should be asking? I'll be closing very shortly. <clears throat> what has God told you to do? What visions, dreams that lay dormant in the annals of your mind? They're just sitting there. What dreams, what visions are lying dormant in the annals of your mind? Are you passionate about them? Are you passionate about it? Have you done it? So my question is, why not? Why not? What's holding you back? Why not? What's holding you back? What's got you stopped? I've got some challenges even for leadership for 2013. 2013 leadership challenge. Be obedient to excel in the calling of God on your life. Be obedient to excel in the calling of God on your life. Be obedient to the Holy Spirit's direction in your life. And loved ones, everyone, let's be obedient in partnering together to take new ground and seize the moment. And as we enter and as we are in now, 
this new year of 2013, make a decision and make that decision today to move from a defensive posture to a Joshua posture. From a defensive to a Joshua posture. Advance, seize the moment, because the victory is yours. Let's give the Lord praise this morning. Come on, hallelujah.